This is Everything Boats, the how-to show, stuff you should know about saltwater recreational vessels. My name is Rick Portanova, and I will be your host for the next 15 minutes. Everything Boats is a service provided by 844yachtbroker.com, toll-free and on the web, service of Portanova Yachts, Newport Beach. Today's show, how to choose the right boat for your intended use and purpose. So in this short broadcast, we're going to go ahead and discuss what type of boat, how big a boat, what's your budget, and where are you going to put it. And we'll delve into this in a lot more detail in other episodes. But this is kind of a cursory overview to get your thinking right and to put you uh, in a realistic place to be shopping for the right boat. First of all, we want to look at what type of boat. Well, that's going to be dictated by how you're going to use it. How big a boat is going to be dictated by what you can afford. And uh, and I mean in the form of basically maintenance and slipping it, that is keeping it in the water. Uh, what your budget is, is dictated by whether you're cash or finance. And cash, you know, there's not a lot of people running around with a couple hundred thousand dollars in their pocket. So, you know, a lot of customers just want to get into a boat for about 25 or 30 grand and maybe 50 or $65,000. If the boat is under 20 years old, you can finance it. But if it's over 20 years old, you can't finance it. So um, you need to consider that. And where are you going to put it? Well, at $20 a foot, um, again, it's dictated by budget and two slip availability. Now it's not impossible to get a slip anywhere. Although when you get above 45 feet, it gets harder because there's less slips of that size. Um, and at $20 a foot, that's that's metropolitan rates. Uh, here in Newport Beach, California, it's double or triple that. Um, up in Ventura, it may be 25% less than that. So the type of boat is the only decision you have to make that really isn't directly affected by budget. It's based on how you plan to use it. Do you want a fast boat that's going to get you somewhere, maybe go down to another harbor, have lunch, come back in time for a uh, late dinner? Do you want to uh, do a fast crossing to the island and uh, do the same thing, hang out, sightsee a little bit, uh, get on the boat and get home uh, in time for, say, a late dinner? Uh, do you want to jump on the boat and do some serious fishing? Are you an avid fisherman where you want to get out to the fishing hole, catch your fish and, and race home? Uh, or do you want to do the same thing, but uh, have a boat that's also suitable for your family to be with you and enjoy themselves also in, in uh, some creature comforts? Uh, or do you plan to uh, just chill on your boat and have all your creature comforts and, and basically be on the boat hanging out more than you really plan to use it? So if you're the guy that wants to get somewhere fast and be home, you should be looking at express cruisers. Uh, they're more of a summertime boat, but uh, it's never it's never winter here in California, so... Although you'd be surprised, people tend not to uh, to buy those boats unless it's summer, which boggles my mind because it's never cold here. Uh, and if you're the fisherman, then you should be looking at uh, sport fishers. If, uh, if you want to be able to fish and still bring your family and have them not bitch and complain and cry the whole time, then you get a convertible. It's kind of a cross between a motor yacht and a, a sport fisher. 
And if you plan to hang out on your boat more than you plan to really ever take it out of the slip and use it, you should be looking at motor yachts. And with motor yachts, you want to decide, do you want a cockpit so you can still hang out, be close to the water, drop a line in, you know, jump in the water, uh, or an aft cabin that has a sun deck up above it, which puts you nine feet or more above the water, uh, but uh, still affords you the, the opportunity to be outdoors. Uh, some motor yachts, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nowhere to go outside. And uh, I do like to think that when you buy a boat, you kind of want to be outdoors. Express cruisers are fast, often considered a summertime boat, usually powered by one or two gasoline motors. And down below is kind of a cave. There's not a lot of sunlight getting down there. Express cruisers are going to be fast, often powered by gas because they're not heavy boats. Sport fishers are going to be very robust, have a big engine room with uh, big block gas or diesel. Remember, they're designed to get through basically any sea state, uh, fish and get home fast. And the convertibles are a little bit of a light duty version of that, that uh, are more accommodating to the family and they'll be a little slower. And then, of course, the motor yacht, which is more about enjoying the ride, but still doing a good speed. Uh, and then uh, we haven't talked about trawlers, but uh, trawlers are always worth looking at. Um, they introduced them in the 80s. Uh, they were very popular. Most are made in Taiwan. Um, nice down below, lots of room outside, often with a cockpit or somewhere uh, to be outdoors. Uh, and we call, we call them sippers because uh, they barely burn any fuel and they're almost always exclusively diesel. Now, you've noticed I haven't talked about sailboats. I don't really have to. Somebody who enjoys sailing or has the dream of sailing already knows he wants a sailboat. And uh, I, myself, am a lifetime single-hand sailor. So uh, we're going to cover more about sailboats in other shows. Uh, this show still applies to both powerboats and sailboats, but the really tricky part about buying a boat uh, comes into play on powerboats. Sailboats, again... You know, you either want a sloop or a catch, and everyone buys a sloop. And you either want a racing boat or a cruiser, and then you're basically just looking at what size. Um, so sailboats are their own beast, and much of what I talk about does apply to sailboats, but in this episode, we're really focusing on powerboats. Now, next, let's talk about how big of a boat. Well, remember, it's like when you buy, say, a new car or truck, and you need to get kind of comfortable with where the ends of the car or truck are when you're parking and turning. Um, same with a boat. Give yourself a little time to get to know, you know, all four corners of your boat. And you'd be surprised how fast you're comfortable with a bigger boat. Another thing with bigger boats is they're often easier to drive. In fact, they're always easier to drive because they're heavy and they're more deliberate. Um, smaller boats, you've got a lot of power often with two motors, and they can get a little squirrely. So it takes a little finesse to, uh, to, not, <laughs> to not launch out of your slip and uh, over the fellow next door's boat and crash into something. Uh, heavy boats are uh, just more deliberate in how they handle. So don't be intimidated by a bigger boat. Now, again, we were talking about uh, size of boat being mandated by price, and that's very true. Um, how much up front, and what is it going to cost to slip it? So let's look at that. So a lot of times people figure they'll get a smaller boat to start with, something they can put on a trailer. 
maybe in their driveway or in a storage yard or their backyard. But if you're going to pay to store it, quote, on the heart, as we say, um, well, all marinas have a storage area where you can keep your boat and trailer. But the cost is not too much less than having it in a slip in the water. And what you're giving up is that waterfront lifestyle, uh, that staycation to where you can just say, you know, it's been a long day. Let's go down and just hang out on the boat. Maybe spend the night. The smaller boats are great for lakes, but when you're getting out on the ocean, you really should have something never smaller than, say, 28 feet. Uh, Try to be at 30 and above. Now, this doesn't really apply to the avid fisherman who buys a cuddy where they can sleep down below or get out of the sun or a center console where it's just all about, you know, launching the boat, getting out to the fishing hole, catching some fish and getting home fast. But outside of that, you should really consider putting the boat in the water. Really a good size for a first boat is somewhere between 30 feet and 40 feet. Boats under 30 feet tend to be a little tippy. We call that tender. And it just means if you have, you know, two or three people sitting on one side of the boat, the whole boat leans over. And if you walk around the boat, you know, it's uh, it's like a balancing beam. You're, you're going to tip the boat to one side or the other, depending on the uh, weight distribution. And boats 30 feet and above are better constructed. You have a thicker hull, and uh, it's going to perform better uh, in choppy water. And power boats, as a rule, like flat, calm waters. That's why a lot of people will leave for the island or take their boat out, uh, you know, earlier in the day, uh, you know, before 1 or 2 p.m., even before noon when the seas are nice and calm, nice and flat, so you can get up on plane. But if you're trying to come home from the island and you've got really sloppy seas and, and uh, snotty conditions, you might just wish you'd bought a bigger boat. So why not buy the right boat the first time instead of making that your second boat? And if you insist on having a trailer, you know, you can still put a 32-footer on a trailer. Like I said, a comfortable size for a first-time boat owner is really between 30 and maybe even 34, 35 feet. Uh, But let's talk about bigger boats. And as we talk about bigger boats, let's also talk about something called line of sight. When you're on a smaller boat, you know where your family is. You know where your kids are. You should always do a head count before you leave the slip and then occasionally count heads while you're out at sea to make sure you're not missing somebody or uh, make sure make sure your math is good. Um, four minus one is three. <laughs> Where's Tommy? Well, but what I'm trying to say is line of sight on a bigger boat starts to become an issue. If you've got a boat with a flybridge where you drive from up above, and you have a cockpit in the back, but then a salon down below, you can't really see where your kids are. Uh, whereas if you're on an express cruiser, you know, you're right there all on the same level, and it's a lot easier. So think about line of sight when you're on a boat. When you're driving it, can you see where your family is and your friends are? Um, in, in some ways, it's nice to be able to be in the cockpit and be able to see up on the flybridge and down into the salon, the, the living room, kind of keep an eye on everybody. Um, These are really big things to consider uh, for a family, especially with younger children. And if you do decide to buy a bigger boat, let's say that, uh, you know, this is your second or third boat and you're ready for something bigger or your first time boat and you found a good deal on a really big boat. Well, let's talk about uh, slipping it. Where are you going to put it? 
because if you've got a boat, you know, above 48 feet really and above, you're going to have a hard time finding a slip because marinas do not put that many uh, 50-foot slips in there. So you have a supply and demand issue. And also the uh, width of the boat can be an issue. A lot of slips are, uh, you know, maybe 12 feet wide. But you start getting into a 14 and 15, 16-foot beam. Uh, again, your uh, available slips is going to be limited. The beam is the width of the boat. How wide is the boat? And if you're talking about catamarans, they tend to be pretty wide. Uh, power cats, uh, some fishing power cats like the Pro Cat, they're, they're pretty, uh, they have a narrow beam. But if you're getting into a, uh, a Lagoon 38 or a Lagoon 44, um, now you're relegated to an N-tie, and there's even fewer of those. And if we're going above 50 feet or we're in the 60 or 80-foot range, you probably don't need this show. But <laughs> I have a lot of experience uh, buying, selling, and driving boats uh, 80 feet and above. And uh, they're their own show, truly their own show. Um, but yeah, worthy of mention. I delivered an 83-foot tall ship schooner from uh, Chula Vista, San Diego, up to uh, San Pedro. And, you know, you turn the wheel, and it's about 15 seconds before the boat even begins to respond. If you want to go in reverse, again, it's about 20 seconds or half a minute before the boat even really begins to slow down, let alone stop so you can move forward. Um, and people will cross your bow and they don't realize that you're on a 30 ton or a, you know, 60 ton vessel and that you're basically a train or you're like a, a, a freighter. Uh, it, it takes you quite a ways to stop and, and doing a U-turn in an average channel is impossible. So there are real limitations to big boats, but, uh, they're their own ball game and they're fun, but, uh, I, I, it's not for everybody. Now let's touch on budget. How do you plan to pay for this? I ask my, my buyers that a lot of times when they call me. I just flat out say, how do you plan to pay for this? <laughs> and uh, they, if they say a little cash and a little finance, I know they're probably really not ready to buy a boat because they have no idea how they're going to pay for the boat. The fact is, a boat over 20 years old generally cannot be financed. So that's going to change the uh, spectrum of your search quite quickly. And that's also going to uh, cap most people at 25 to 30 K, maybe 50 to 65 K because not a lot of people are sitting around with $200,000 or more in their bank account. And then there's the bank of wife. You may want to spend $65,000 on a boat, but your wife wants a new kitchen. And uh, I know it sounds a little sexist, but uh, in practical application, as a yacht broker, I'm telling you it's the truth. So I rarely will ever do a showing without the uh, CFO present. Uh, the wife has to like the boat. It's funny. I see a lot of guys that buy a boat, and it's obviously been a guy's boat. <laughs> it'll be a mess down below, and it'll stink like old water, and it just it smells like fish. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like... Your wife, uh, how's she going to react? And he'll go, don't worry, I have a cool wife. Uh, but as a rule, uh, we love our wives, but uh, not a lot of us can say, uh, come on, honey, let's get on this stinky, smelly, wet, damp, musty boat and go have some fun. Um, but uh, some of the younger average fishermen, they're like, it's all right, I got a cool wife. And, and <laughs> props to them. Uh, but 
yeah, the, the CFO is the bank of wife. And talking about uh, uh, how you're going to pay for a boat, there are companies that will finance. Uh, we have brokers, generally brokers all have access to the same lenders. Uh, and uh, you can go ahead and uh, shop it around. It's always a good idea to get pre-approved before you shop for a boat. I know I don't do showings unless I'm comfortable that my buyer can afford to buy the boat because, to be honest, um, it's free to shop for a boat. And so sometimes it's just, hey, you know, it's like some people will go around and look at open houses in, in uh, the housing market. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. People tend to do that with boats, too. And as a broker, they'll run you into the ground. They're usually the people that uh, uh, call you up and want to see about three or four boats. And uh, that's a red flag to a yacht broker, by the way. Be a little more focused. Call him. Know what boat you want to look at. Um, he's not going to, uh, I mean, some guys will do it, but, uh, I don't, you need to know what you're really looking for. And you can do a lot of that online, kind of figure out, you know, the type of boat and, you know, look at it, look at it online and, uh, narrow it down, find a good broker who will actually help you narrow it down online so that you don't run around, uh, to slips and marinas and traversing all over Southern California or wherever you call home. Uh, to look at boats. You can save a lot of time uh, with a competent broker who can screen an ad quickly and say, oh yeah, no. Like like you'll see a boat that says, you know, 50 grand invested in the last three months. Well, few boats need 50 grand invested in, in a three-month period. Unless you've neglected everything, it's time to sell the boat. And now you realize you can't sell the boat until you fix a lot of things that uh, make it uh, a saleable boat. And a good broker will be able to identify a situation like that quickly, but to the untrained eye, you can see an ad that just looks absolutely glorious. And there will be fifty to $100,000 invested in this boat, and uh, none of it will be in the engine uh, or in the uh, drive system, like, say, outdrives. Outdrives are their own nightmare if they haven't been taken care of. As a rule, um, you have to be very careful when you're purchasing an older boat with outdrives or a newer boat with pods, and we'll get into that later too. I know we said we'd talk about gas versus diesel in this episode, but we really need to dedicate a few episodes to that. But know this, what you're asking of a gas motor in a boat to do is the same as taking a car and pushing the car in front of you 120 miles an hour for 120 miles. That's what your motor goes through in one hour in the ocean in a boat. I like to leave the show with a tip, and today's tip is get yourself a towing membership card from Boat US. You may have towing on your insurance policy, but that's a reimbursement policy. It's important that when you leave the slip, you have the peace of mind that you can be towed home. They're only $180, $200, and it's the AAA of the sea. Like I say when I take out a boat, let's go, because if anything's going to break, it's going to break out there. Again, this podcast was just a cursory overview. There are many other types of boats, and there is so much more to cover. But we will leave that for another show. We want to keep these short, sweet, informative, and hopefully mildly entertaining. My name is Rick Portanova, and it has been a pleasure hosting this podcast for you. 844 Yacht Broker and Everything Boats are services provided by Portanova Yachts of Newport Beach.